Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. Psalm 30, verse 4. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Now in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face and I was troubled. I cried out to you, O Lord, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it declare your truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy on me. Lord, be my helper. Amen. Today, saints of God, I just want to talk to you from the thought. God's anger is short. God's anger is short. Amen. I'm going to hide behind the Don't 
Because the Jesus is the mountain where chilly winds don't blow. Don't blow. I'm going to hide behind the mountain where chilly winds don't blow. Amen. Amen. Psalm 30. God's anger is short. When we look at the uh, Psalms, we find that a portion of the Psalms were written by King David. They were written at a time when King David was on a high, and they were also written at a time when King David was on a low. They were written at a time when King David was guilty of murder and of adultery, but they were also written in a time when he had great success. And so we see King David in this particular psalm as he continues to show us the mercy of Almighty God. In verse 4, David says, Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. When the saints of God begin to think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he has already done for us, there is nothing less that we should do except give his name praise. Just the very fact that we are called according to his name, that our destiny is sure, that we are safe in the arms of the master, no matter what storms may come, no matter what winds may blow, though it may flood in the communities, though it may flood in the world, that our souls are safe in the arms of Jesus. So I don't know about you, but because of that and that alone, no matter what my situation is, I must praise the Lord. Amen. And I must praise the Lord because I got to remember his holy name. I got to understand that nobody is as holy as God is. But even though he is so holy and we are unholy, God's mercy still has stretched forth to each and every one of us and touched us with the finger of his love. So that one of these days when we stick our swords into the sands of time to study war no more, that we have a building that's not made with hands that we have a place of everlasting joy and peace, that we can enter into his courts with thanksgiving and give court praise as we are in his presence. To know that at the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. I don't know about you today, but I got to praise the Lord. It doesn't matter whether or not I'm hurting, amen, or whether or not I'm doing the greatest thing that I've ever done in my life, I still got to praise the Lord. Because his goodness supersedes and transcends whatever I could ever go through because I cannot do more than what God has already done for me. Am I right about it, saints of God? So as we look at the text, we find out that the Lord 
can be very angry. We know that the Lord can pour out his wrath on as many as he desires, but we find that the Lord's anger is only for a moment. The Lord does not desire to punish us, but he desires to bless us. And God does not have his anger toward us because he wants to destroy us, but because he wants to lift us up. Sometimes the Lord has to be angry with us because we are sinful, because we have turned to the left or the right and not followed the will of God. But God in his anger, he disciplines us and he brings us back on the right road. It is the same man, David, who said that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. That he maketh me to lie down in green pastures and he leadeth me beside the still waters and he anoints my head with fresh oil. He says that I am the one, he says that the Lord is the one who covers him, that his rod and his staff, he will comfort him. He says that is the same Lord that makes a table in the midst of his enemies. That not only is his enemies there, but he feeds him and takes care of him even though his enemies are in the presence. So what we find out is in this text that God is the kind of God that he does not have to lift us up out of our muck and mire, but he can take us through. And ain't that good, saints of God, because in life we are troubled on every hand. There's trouble on the left and there's trouble on the right. We just hearing of the shootings that have gone on over the past night. And we know of the troubles that we deal with on a daily basis. We got trouble on our jobs. We got trouble in our home. We got trouble in the streets. But God will take us safely through. And that for that reason, we must praise the Lord. Looking at the text, he says in his favor is life. When you're in the Lord, God has a way of giving you a blessing even when everything around you may be a cursing. Sometimes we go through economic downturns in this country and we find that the Lord still takes care of his children. We have gone through the great recession of 2008, but we're still here, aren't we, saints? Many of us have had houses and cars and all of those things and we went through the recession, amen, when other folks lost everything because God takes care of his children. In his favor is life. But that's not all in the text that the Lord says that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. See, with God, amen, he's got a way of taking us through trials and tribulations Sometimes we got to cry in the midnight hours. Sometimes there's trouble that just, we just overwhelms us. But God says through David that that weeping won't endure forever. That it's only for a night and joy will come in the morning. In the morning, it's in the morning when the sun comes up. In the morning that we feel the presence of God now dwelling in us and it causes us to have joy again. It causes us to praise his name and say thank you Lord that you saw me through. I didn't think I was going to make it in the midnight hour, but Lord, you rocked me and you in the cradle of your arms and you saw me through and now I've seen a new day. I've seen some new sunshine and Lord, I say thank you because weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Look at the text. Sometimes we get to where we are reading our own newspaper clippings. Sometimes we get a little proud, amen? Things start to go on really well and what seems like everything we touch turns into gold. 
everything's popping and it's on time, our projects are going well, we're having great success, we're making profits. So then we start to think that we're something special. But the Lord has a way of taking us back to where we need to be in his glory. Amen. Look at the text. It says, now in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. See, that's a problem that comes in the text when God is blessing us that sometimes we start taking the credit for. Sometimes we start talking about I'm this and I'm that. And then I start to think, hey, this can't ever end. I mean, there's no way that I can be overturned because I'm getting too confident in myself. But look at the text. Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong. So the psalmist says, but, but the reality of it is I ain't done nothing. But Lord, you've done everything. If I've got a mountain, it's because Lord, you gave it to me. If it stands, it's because you made it to stand. If I got any profit or success, it's because of you, oh God. Because I couldn't wake up in the morning if it wasn't for you, oh Lord. I couldn't take my first morning breath if it wasn't for you, oh Lord. So I acknowledge, Master, if I got anything, if I'm special in any way, it's because of you, oh Lord. And if I'm going to have it tomorrow, you got to keep it. Amen. Look at the text. He goes on to say, you hid your face and I was troubled. See, sometimes the Lord has to remind us, amen, that without him we can do nothing. Amen. Sometimes the Lord has to pull himself away from us so that we can realize that we can't do this on our own. I'm reminded of a time, amen, that I have shared with you before in my earlier years as a Christian. When I was doing things that I thought I was big enough and bad enough to do. Somehow I got the mindset that, well, if, if it's going well, amen, then Lord has to be pleased with it. I mean, he has to understand that in order for me to have my pleasure in my thing, then it's got to go this way. I hear what the Lord has to say, but can't he see that this is the way things ought to be? So the Lord allowed me to go in that direction for a little while. Amen. Everything seemed like it was going pretty good. Amen. My, my, my B was after my A. My C was after my B. I mean, it was popping. Things were going. But one day, the Lord got my attention. And you know, the Lord can get your attention in a way that nobody else can. When all the family around you that's seeing you day in and day out, they can't see how the Lord is touching your soul. I found myself one day at an at a ATM, amen, and I'm going along and I'm going to reach in there and get me some money, amen. So I'm getting ready to put in my code and lo and behold, I can't remember. I've had this code for years, but when I got ready to dial it in, I couldn't remember. And just as I started to fret about not remembering, I heard the voice of the Lord. He reminded me, he said, now son, if you keep going the way that you're going, your end is destruction. Just as you can't get any finances not right now, one day it may be your life. And he got my attention. Because the Lord has 
to trouble us sometimes. He has to remove himself from us long enough for us to realize that we ain't doing this on our own. And so the Lord woke me up, amen, and he has to wake us up as well. So do not despise the chastisement of the Lord. And I'm so thankful that the Lord did that in my life because he got me back on the right track. He kept me from going down the road of, of cursing and got back on the road of blessing. Instead of forfeiting my blessings, I was now able to receive them again. But that's the kind of God we serve. He don't punish us because he likes to be sadistic. Amen. He punishes us because he wants to get us back on the right track. Amen. So we look at our text and I came to that point just like David said, I cried out to you, O Lord. And in the Lord, I made supplication. I said, Lord, I, I, I realize my sin, Master. Lord, I, forgive me, Lord, of my sins and help me to do right in your sight. Lord, I, I understand now what you're saying to me, Master. And Lord, I want to be right in your sight. Just like David did when he did wrong in the, in, the, in the face of God with Bathsheba and Uriah. Amen. He had to get right. And so God sent a prophet named Nathan to come to him and convict him of his sins. But you know what David did? David got somewhere and then he repented of his sins. And that's why David was a man after God's own heart. It wasn't because he was so perfect, but it's because he knew how to repent. And you know what? For you and I, God is not looking for us to be perfect. But he wants us to know how to repent. See, we are children after God's own heart. When we know when we are out of God's will and the conviction of our conscience comes, that we repent and turn from our ways. We were looking at a text on Wednesday in Bible study over in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Well, the, the Lord says to his people, he says, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, will seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. See, God is just looking for his people to stop long enough and humble themselves and pray and call upon the Lord and find out what is it that the Lord wants you to be doing and then do it. Because as the Bible says, obedience is better than sacrifice. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Let's look at the text. David goes on to say, what profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it declare your truth? David is saying, now if I keep going in the way that I'm going and I end up dead, what good is that? What good is it that I'm dead and now I'm gone into hell? I'm going into a place of torment. How does that bring you glory? David said, will the dust now praise you that I'm gone? Amen. That my bones are waxed old, as he says in Psalm 32. He says that, hey, because I had secret sins, amen, that my bones, they waxed old. He's saying in this text, I need to get out of this mess. I need to get back to a, a humble heart and not be so proud because pride ends, becomes before the fall. And so David was saying, I don't want to have to fall. I don't want to be utterly cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. I don't want to go to hell. What good would that do? So maybe I need to change my ways so that I can declare your truth, O oh God. 
So the text says, hear, O Lord, and have mercy on me. Lord, be my helper. See, David's mind, he says, no, I'm going to change this. Instead of being pride, proud and arrogant, instead of trying to do things my way, I'm going to stop and I'm going to say, Lord, hear, oh God. Lord, hear from me. Hear my plea. Hear my call. Hear my asking for forgiveness, Lord, and help me and have mercy on me. Lord, you know I'm a sinner undone. You know that if it wasn't for mercy, then I would be completely undone. He says, Lord, have mercy on me. I know that I deserve to be in hell, but Lord, if you just have mercy on me. Because mercy is that that prevents us from getting what we ought to get, and grace is to give that which we don't deserve. So he's looking for God's mercy and his grace. So that things will change in his life. That he'll get up out of the valley and get back to the mountaintop. Not being on the mountaintop in his own power, but by the power of God Almighty. I'm reminded of the text in Zechariah chapter 4. When the Lord talks to Zechariah and he says to Zechariah, Not by power, nor by might, but my spirit, says the Lord. See, we don't do nothing in our own power. We don't have the strength to do anything. We can't heal nobody. We can't save nobody. We can't save ourselves without the Lord. So we got to be those with a contrite and humble heart that calls upon the name of the Lord saying, Hear, O Lord, and have mercy on me. Lord, be my helper. And the good news is that God will be your helper. I don't know about you, but... I know that the Lord will hear your prayer if it's contrite. And God wants to help you. He wants to see you through. And look what the psalmist says after that. He says that you have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. To the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. Oh Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Saints of God, you've been meant to praise the Lord. You've been meant to praise the Lord and you've been fashioned to give him glory. Because God is so good and so merciful, so kind and so sweet, that all we ought to be able to do is say thank you, Jesus. That we ought to be able to say that I should have been in a burning hell but Lord, you had mercy on me and that now I'm living a life of abundance, exceedingly abundantly above all I could ever ask or think. I should have been somewhere crying, but I'm in another place dancing. I, I should have been in a place where I had sackcloth and ashes, but Lord, you cleaned me up and you turned me around and you placed my feet on solid ground. So there's nothing else for me to do but say thank you, Lord. Thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you for starting me on my way. Thank you for giving me a house of worship. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my friends. Lord, thank you for a destination that no devil can ever turn me away from. Thank you, Lord, that one of these days you're coming back. When you're coming back for me and you're going to take me to a place that I've never seen before. A place where eyes have not seen, nor have ears heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of men, the good things that you have in store for those who love you. Lord, thank you that everything that you're doing for me 
right now is for my good. Not even though I go through bad things and I go through good things, that all things are working together for my good. And one of these days, I shall be fashioned, I shall be formed into the image of your darling son, Jesus Christ. And I shall walk the streets of gold. I shall see the walls of Jasper. I shall see the living water and the tree of life. I'm so glad to know that one of these days it's all gonna be over. One of these days there's not gonna be any more sickness. There's not gonna be any more pain. No more disagreement, no more argument, no more hurt. It's all gonna be over because one Friday evening, Jesus Christ, you died on that old rugged cross. You stayed on that cross from the third to the ninth hour. But then they took you down off that old rugged cross and put you in a bar tomb. You was in that grave all night Friday. You were in that grave all day Saturday. You were in that grave all night Saturday night. But it was early, early Sunday morning that you got up with all power in your hand. That same power saves our souls. It's that same power that makes us whole. It's that same power that's gonna lead us to glory. And Lord, we just have to say, Thank you. God bless you and God keep you. It's my prayer. Amen. Amen.